You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range, and A-Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, their ZDX is the most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League and the Champions League. I'm Robbie Musto, he's Robbie Earl, and here are today's topics. We'll discuss the story dominating English football. The Mike Ashley era at Newcastle United is over and the Magpies finally have new owners with grand ambitions and expectations. We'll get into the key Premier League fixtures, including Newcastle hosting Spurs. And we'll look back at any international break fallout and the potential of more key players missing this weekend after crowded international fixture schedule. That's what we've got coming up in today's show. OK, Rob Earl, um, mm. we, have a, we have a massive story, Rob, that's cool. uh, dominated English football that... Yeah. I guess was expected a while ago, the takeover of Newcastle United. Um, now, I think the first thing to say, my friend, is that there's there's lots of angles to this takeover. And mm. understandably, people are very concerned, some are upset about this takeover. Uh, it's yeah. the Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund, PIF, uh, will have or do have 80% of the football club. 10% goes to yeah. Amanda Staveley and her PCP capital partners and 10% uh, yeah. goes to local uh, property, private equity guys of the Rubin mm. brothers. Now we're not going to get into the details of the rights and the wrongs of this takeover. No. To be fair, all our research guys and all our support crew at NBC are busy collating information. Yeah. I know that you're on this weekend with Tim Howard, Rob, and you're going to, you're going to spend some time, dedicate some time talking about that a little bit with Rebecca this yeah. weekend, we're on this podcast going to focus more on the the fallout on the football side and what it could mean to Newcastle going mm. forward. Yeah, I think that's right, mate. I think it's news that's come, startling news. It, it, it seemed as though this thing had gone away and all of a sudden within a day it was signed. I think it's news that has been conflicting to many of us, including ourselves. Mm. Uh, we have a football opinion that we're going to happily give on a podcast. There's an ethical opinion about human rights and those kind of issues that, as you say, I think we've got to fully understand those, those positions. We've got to fully get all the information before we're, we're in a position to at least have any kind of opinion on that. Mm. And as you said, over the course of Saturday, certainly Sunday, we have a two-hour boot room um, ahead of the games on Sunday where we'll get into a little bit more depth and, and detail uh, about the rights and wrongs of, of this Saudi takeover. But I think the, the one thing we can do, Robert, is, is, is talk about a football club that we've probably since day one of getting on, on, our, our, on the studio and talk to our fans, our viewers, our watchers of, of the greatness, and, and I don't use that word lightly, the greatness of Newcastle United because it's a great football club. Mm. And in the eight years that we've had the right, we've very rarely seen it in the light that it should, that should be shown on it. And I think now, certainly the football side of the Saudi takeover means that this football club, this sleeping giant, this club that mm. can hold its own in the top four or five clubs in English football is mm. going to have a chance to compete. And 
without going over the top, changes the landscape is a game changer mm. in English football for me. Mm. Yeah, I, I think the first thing to say, Rob, is that, that Mike Ashley's era is over, mate, obviously. 14 years, I think it is. Um, 14 years of frustrations of some pretty poor decisions they made in managers and player recruitment and staffing the football club, et cetera, et cetera. And through those eight years, Robert, we've, we've had it with NBC. That's all our viewers have, have seen as, as a club that's not, I think Alan, Alan Shearer described it as soulless or a shell of a football club. Um, that is over now. And that's why, you know, you saw the reaction outside St. James's Park when this news broke pretty quickly. Uh, over the last week or so, and the excitement is there. Um, for for all that we know right now, and of course we've we've read all the the clip, clips, we've we've um, listened to statements from Amanda Staveley in particular, who's been a bit of a, stoke, yeah. a spokesperson on it. And I guess Rob, the, with the wealth this fund brings, this Saudi Arabia public investment fund, you know, uh, talking of two hundred and twenty billion dollars in this fund. That, to be fair, is invested in other companies, is invested in tech companies, is invested, I think it's invested in Formula One. So it's, you know, this investment fund is invested, has invested in different areas, but this is pretty substantial. Uh, and the money that potentially, Rob, because I don't think we can, we can assume right now, though we'll have a good idea, that they are going to go flat out and spend huge amounts of money to bring Newcastle United to the top of the Premier League, which is very possible. I still, we don't know that yet, Rob. It's very early yet. Um, mm. But if they do, Rob, mm. yeah. no, I'm just saying, if mm. if they invest like they've hinted and, and Amanda Stavely's hinted with the financial backing they have and the statement that they may wish to make with this takeover and with this football club, you're right. This changes English football. Um, and all of a sudden, Every player potentially on the planet, and I mean every player, over a period of time, could be wanted and and purchased by Newcastle United. What are you? What's your gut telling you, Rob, in, in terms of the first few weeks, months, maybe this first season or two mm. of what they might do to steadily, if it is going to be steadily, or they're going yeah. to go flat out to bring in the top guys uh, straight away. Well, the first thing I want to do is cool your jet, Mr. Musto, um, because I do believe, like you, I don't think this club, this group of chase, this club have gone through what we leave with, I'm sure, some legalities and making sure they, they, they get the, the football club. But I don't think they would have chased it in the manner that they have with the competitive edge that they have and then want this club to be mid-table. This, this is about taking a football club that they're going to take from, I wouldn't say rock bottom, but nowhere near its potential, to fighting for, for major honours in, in football. And, you know, Amanda Stavely at the moment seems the front of the organisation. Really interesting. Does she, does she retain that role as the money comes in, as people comes in? Does she employ the right people underneath her? Or does she have a major role? I kind of want to go down a route with you first of, of where... And Newcastle fans might not like hearing this for the first few years, but I think it's the way in answering your question. The money is hugely important because it's going to change the quality and calibre of players coming into the football club. Mm-hmm. Leadership of that football club is more important than money. This club has had no leadership from the top down for the last, as you say, 14 years, and some would argue beyond that. This mm-hmm. football club has to have an ownership group 
that understands the club, the people, the football and, and the league and the culture of English football. And it has to trickle that down and it has to find a way of getting the processes. It has to identify who's the right manager and that this manager might be a three to four year build it and then somebody else comes in, takes it to the next level. Your pet type manager comes in after that. But there's a process, Rob. For, for Apple fans who are thinking next season we're in for the, for the title in the Champions League, no. shouldn't, in no. my view, shouldn't be thinking. Two or three years, Rob, of steadily building a yeah. football club that you start to get a sense that in four or five years, an Mbappe could be maybe the, the kind of yeah. thing. An Erling Haaland could be the kind of signings you're making. To think about mm. those signings going in now is, mm. is way off where I think mm. this football club should be thinking. Yeah, I think it's interesting to know, Rob. Amanda Stavely was involved in brokering the deal uh, when Sheikh Mansour bought Manchester City. So mm-hmm. she has some experience there of, of how this process maybe should go. I think it's really okay. important um, that I, we're hearing that the chief ex- the uh, CEO of the football club is they're looking for, for a new chief executive. They're, of course, looking for a really strong director of football. And on the back of that, I'm sure they're looking right now for new managers. Mm. But you're right. The leadership, the leadership structure of the club has to be set up, I guess, in a little bit like, like Man City's that, that, that kind of found a way to the Barcelona hierarchy, Rob, wasn't it? With Chiqui Bagirastain, yeah. um, Soriano as well as the as CEO or the, the, the real top man in the football side of things. So Newcastle has to set the structure. And then I think that, I mean, it makes sense. They've got to have a smart football person to manage the football side of the club um, to bring in the right people. I think, I think in terms of the recruits right now, Rob, we have to consider, and I'm not sure where we are with financial fair play, but it is still in operation. And the Premier League have their own kind of rules and versions of that as well. And it's, you know, I know there probably will be, you know, financial fair play, of course, I'm sure our, our listeners and viewers know, you know, you're kind of meant to spend what you bring in the football club. Now, I'm sure there's going to be a ton of new sponsors for Newcastle United. Perfect. And that's that, And you know, it, with the stadium, uh, the, the, the shirt sponsorship, whatever it is. So the money will, come, will be coming in to enable them to spend players, you know, to, to kind of balance the books a little bit. So mm-hmm. I, I just think it will be a steady process. In my opinion, it should be, a, just, on, just in terms of the, the manager and the players, I think it should be a steady increment or increasing quality of the squad over a period of time no point bringing in Antonio Conte in my opinion Rob right now when you've got the squad that it is it's Mm. got to be a steady process of your you know I don't know like it may maybe your Jesse Lingard type of players has been talk about um just that caliber of player that's going to steadily improve what they've got right now before they get to a point where they can legitimately try and entice the big boys way too early right now. Plus, by the way, they're kind of in a relegation fight. I know I don't expect it to continue. Mm. Do you know what I mean, Rob? This is going to be a slow... Yeah. 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 You know, if you look at the calibre of Manchester City playing now and the calibre back in the day when, you know, I think Rubinho was was their headline, there was was many... I'm assuming we're talking about good either Premier League experience or European experience players who can come in, you know what they're going to do, they're going to launch things up and, they, and they're going to improve. I suppose what, what doesn't seem up for question, Rob, is that the man in charge of, of, of this new team with the new money and the new ownership is not going to be Steve Bruce. I think he's on nine, 999 
uh, mm. games as a manager. It looks like he'll get to his 1,000th with Spurs. There's not many, I don't think there'll be many people gambling after that, that he, he'll be in, in business much after that. I mean, it's been a really difficult time for Steve over the last year and 18 months. I mean, his football hasn't been great. We know that. His criticism from the way he plays, from the way sometimes he goes about business, maybe seen as a bit of the old guard when there's a new brush in town in the way that people play. But any sympathy for Steve Bruce caught up in this maelstrom of, of great news? Everybody probably appalled and delighted what, what's going on. And he's mm. probably going to be out of work within the next week. Yeah, I think he probably will. Um, I think I read again uh, that he would be due a pretty substantial payoff, Rob. You know, I, I read like £8 million potentially if they fired him at this moment in time with the contract that he has right now. Graham Jones, one of the assistant managers, assistant coaches at the club, Rob, if they wanted to, and I think the fans would, I think it would be a good move to allow Steve Bruce this last game and I, I would be interested in seeing Graham Jones as interim manager. Now, mm. give him a little bit of time, Rob. He's highly regarded. Of course, he's involved with Gareth Southgate, with the England national team, as one of the coaches in the Euros just gone. Um, bright, tactically very, very good. It, it, it would absolutely make sense to, to thank Steve Bruce for what he's done for the club, but to move him out. You know, it's all about building some momentum now, a feel-good factor at the football club. And I think if Steve Bruce is allowed to stay, and I've seen some journalists, to be fair, in the UK saying, who's better? Who's better than Steve Bruce to manage a club now out of relegation issue? Um, some pundits are saying that he should stay on. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I think there's a ton of managers out there that that can do a better job. And, to, and, and whether Graham Jones gets a look initially, I just don't know. I thought that might have happened up to this point, but I guess Steve Bruce will, will become in manager uh, for this weekend. And then they've got to try and fund somebody. There's a couple of, you know, a couple of people that have already, as Brendan Rodgers has been mentioned, Rob, that's already said he's not interested in that. Uh, Rafa Benitez has been mentioned. I, I read some stuff this morning about him saying he's not going to break his contract with Everton Football Club. So the delay is probably mm. until they find the right go- guy going forward. But don't you think they've got to be a little bit careful with that? And I think an interim in Graham Jones would just mm. give everybody time to settle in, maybe find your CEO and your director of football and, and have some joined up thinking about how to take this exciting project forward. Yeah, I think what this football cl- club needs, and, and you, you, you touch on it when you say about Graham Jones, is some continuity now, some things that stay, some consistency that stays that, yes, we're going to build on. And I'm sure the January window, they're going to be looking to bring some in. But... You bring too many in, Rob. We've seen it. Many clubs, Sunderland, Fulham, we can name them all. Listen, you can be paying whatever salary you want. If there's no gel, if there's no chemistry, if somebody doesn't quite work um, work it all out, it, it still can go badly quite quickly. Mm-hmm. And yes, you, you know, we, we now don't think that Newcastle will be caught in a relegation fight, but we're talking about building blocks. And, and every, every game, every month, every week is important now to, to Newcastle to get where they want to get to. And by making poor decisions now, is just going to delay the time of where they're going to be, hopefully where they want to be. And that's mm-hmm. challenging in the top six. And so um, I think Graham Jones is, is, a, is a great shout. I think he's, he's well-respected by the players. Every time I hear Callum Wilson was talking about him, his training, his, his understanding, his technical ability in and around the training ground gives you a sense that he, he's somebody who players like. Um, he could hold his own if, if bigger players came in and, and he can work with them. He's worked, I think, with um, Roberto Martinez of Belgium, hasn't he, with some, some of the top players 
uh, around Europe. So, yeah, I'd agree. I, th- I think he's one of those positions. It's just, if you're a Newcastle fan, Rob, you, you, you heard this news this week. You read how many billions this, this ownership group have. Is there, is there not a fear that Newcastle fans want it kind of now? We've, we've had enough of the, of the bad times. The old, the other guy, you know, the mm. Ashley situation. Do we need, do we, why shouldn't we spend it now and, 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 and push on? Well, I think they will spend it. And I think January will be super excited, exciting if you're a Newcastle fan, Rob. They will bring in a lot of players. That's why they, they shouldn't be in a relegation fight. The manager situation is going to be really, really important. That's, that's a tough one. But January will be the start of the influx of, of a lot of new players. And again, the director of football is such an important part of this to have some kind of philosophy about how they're going to buy in January, in the summer and going forward. In terms of what the fans might, uh, might expect in terms of a time frame, this season I think they know they're, in, they're coming from a, a pretty poor position New players will come in in January for sure. Next season, though, Rob, after after January and after a summer window of, of, of I'm sure, lots of new players coming in, they've got to be looking at top six, my friend, next season. They've got to be next looking season. at top six, Ooh. top six next season. Bit early for me. Bit, uh, bit, bit, yeah, a bit overambitious for me. Given, given what they're going to spend in January and um, a whole new window I, in the summer, Rob? I, I like it. I like your new window, but a new window doesn't mean yeah. some of the biggest players in Newcastle sign. And I know different group, different sport. You know, with Joe Allington, you can spend you can spend lots of money on people. There's no guarantee. I would prefer a top eight and, and the right progression than a top six, but then oh, not sure. Like up and down scattergun... I, I don't mind taking a year longer than it's going to take because you know what? With these people, there's enough money. There's no rush for me. When we go, we go strong and we stay there. We, we, we don't have any of that kind of... And I'm, so, not necessarily, uh, I'm not necessarily saying that it, it, that will be the expectation. It'd be disappointing to get there. I'm just saying, okay. given two windows, they, they yeah. could be, maybe should be, yeah, targeting I, that area. I hear you. Targeting I mean, they'll be looking, they'll be, listen, from, from here on in, there's a big seven. No, there's no yeah. longer a big six. Yeah. With what happened yeah. this week, there's now a big seven. And if you're Arsenal, with a name that we know doesn't necessarily want to spend an awful lot of money, if your Spurs at times haven't spent the kind of money that, that, that the others have, you're worrying. And so Rob, those are the two recently you look to pick off. Hmm. Just, just another angle on this, mate. And uh, I don't know whether it's, a, it's, a, it's a, going to be a popular angle, but... Is it is it good for English football, Rob, that these incredibly wealthy owners mm. can come into this amazing Premier League and they're going to spend so much money? We're going to get all this player transfer fee inflation yeah. again, yeah. wage inflation yeah. again, because another yeah. owner is going to come in and raise everything. The, the, the agents are like that. The agents are yeah. like, this yeah. is so good for us. So, yeah. And, and let me just th- finish with this comment. There's great football clubs in England that... Could be getting, could could become, not not uncompetitive. Liverpool, Arsenal Football Club, and some of the big old school clubs, Rob, that are really well run, right? And they're yeah. big football yeah. clubs. They yeah. haven't got the they haven't got the Middle East money. They haven't got the Russian oligarch. They haven't got yeah. that. And we get in a situation where the, the Liverpools and Arsenal's might struggle 
to get near the top two or three spots, given another club with another incredibly wealthy owner that is going to spend money that doesn't make sense, even to the Liverpools and to the Arsenals. You know, looking forward, I don't know, mate. I know it's great and exciting for us, and we're going to see some tremendous players come into the league, Rob. But longer <clears> term, <throat> is it a good thing? I mean, listen, this this is a, a slightly ethical question that, that, that adds to the, the the drama of the week we've seen and, and, and the, the drama of, of the English Premier League. But can only be good news, Rob, when when another club of, of this size has been taken on by an ownership of this size and can compete. I hear you, your argument and I understand your argument. I'm not sure you can be too choosy about which billionaires you have and which billionaires you're allowed to buy who. I think it's an open market. I think, it's, uh, yeah, just, it's, but just the amount of money that's coming come in, Rob. The amount, the amount of crazy, like we know the financial fair play rules have been, yeah, yeah, stretched. Yeah, Let's say that by some lower. of those big yeah, clubs. Yeah, we could um, have the same thing again. I just think that it, 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 if it doesn't happen here, Rob, and it happens in Spain and the Spanish league takes off, if it doesn't happen here and it happens in Germany and the German league takes off and we sort of, you know, all the money starts going there, all the best coaches go there, all the best players go there. We've kind of got to accept that this is what it is and, listen, we've got to make the most of it for the English game. Yes, it ups the ante for the likes of Liverpool who are going to have to be more creative in the way they do things, whether they bring in partners, whether they, you know, I know at times they've looked to maybe sell little parts of, of, the, of the football club. The Manchester United's of the world are going to have to be as smart off the pitch as, as they are uh, off on the pitch as they are off it. Uh, it just puts the ante up for everybody else. But I think mm. if, if I'm a Newcastle fan, Rob, I'm saying, hold on, we've had 14 years. And, yeah, and, and, it's, and it's, our it's, yeah, our it's our turn. It's our turn now. Mm. And some others oh, no. are, are going to have to, you know, we, we, we almost got this position when Roman Abramovich came in for Chelsea, didn't he? And it was almost like he was going to change the league, change the whole game. People still found a way to compete. Little Leicester City one year, Rob, came between yeah. tiptoe between all the big boys yeah. and found a way to a Premier League title. So it can be done. Mm. It will be done. It's not about, yeah. It's not always about money and big transfers. Mm. But I, I hear your point. It, it's going it, it's to affect the way that football clubs are run in English football. Mm. And it's something everybody's going to have to, unfortunately, get used to. Mm. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Listen, mate, as we move on to some football now, um, some of the games coming up this weekend, this podcast is for that, really. Just a look ahead, just a brief little look at uh, some of the fixtures coming up. And of course, yeah. it follows on Newcastle United take on Spurs at home, Rob, on Sunday, 11.30am Eastern Time on NBCSN. Um, how excited is St. James's Park going to be? I guarantee you, my friend, there will be people <laughs> sleeping in that stadium on Saturday night. They won't be going home. They can't wait for, for that yeah. kickoff. 11.30am yeah. Eastern Time on NBC. Because this is what they've been waiting for. They want, they're so proud of their football club. They want to see yeah. it in a, in, a, in a good light. And we, we are guaranteed a, a brilliant, brilliant, um, entertaining day. Whatever happens, whatever yeah. the scores. And, yeah. um, you know, 
I feel I, I do feel great for the Newcastle fans because yeah. they've had to put up with an awful lot in terms of, of ownership yeah. and the way they've done things and the football that they have to watch every week. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. hopefully. And, and Steve Bruce gets his thousands game as, as manager as well. So maybe that's a, a mm. good thing. All in. And they face a Harry, ha, Harry Kane, um, who's yet to score in the, in the Premier League. Wonder if that'll continue. I think he's got five mm. of his six goals he scored against Newcastle, a bit at St. James's Park. So we'll mm. see if he can break his Premier League duck. But yeah, so many stories. And, and, and you know, I'm sure there'll be as many shots as Manchester Stavely and whoever's from the ownership yeah. group watching now mm. as we do on the pitch. But yeah, great game to look forward to. I like the early, the early Saturday game, mate, for me, Watford-Liverpool. Uh, Covey's begins 7 a.m. Eastern time on Peacock. So it's a Watford team with a new manager that was headlines just before the Newcastle takeover and then has very much become background noise. But the Tinker Man is back, Ranieri, in charge of Watford. Obviously, his relationship with the Pozzo family, I think, has put him in, in pole position there. Against mm-hmm. a Liverpool team that are... Could be missing a couple of players, Roman. I know we'll maybe touch on that before we end the podcast. But uh, a Liverpool team that have got Atletico Madrid in, in the week on Tuesday, you know, coming back from international football, if the focus isn't quite right, that's, a, that's a, maybe Ranieri and Watford could get themselves mm. off to a decent start. Remember, was it yeah. a couple of seasons ago? They, they beat mm. Liverpool, beat that unbe- unbeaten record, 44 unbeaten in the league, and then Watford beat them 3-0. 3-0. Mm. Yeah, I, I think so. Fascinating Ranieri back in English football. It really is fascinating. An interesting choice. If you kind of look at what he's done over recent seasons, Sam Doria did a really good job, Robin, in Italian football, getting them out of trouble. Uh, I think Roma, I mean, he's a Roma guy, Roma fan as a kid, I believe. And, and, and yeah. they, he, again, he came back and rescued them uh, to do good work recently. So he, he, he is an incredibly experienced manager, um, let's hope he gets some time. Let's hope he has an immediate impact. He seems such a great guy. We know that from what he's seen uh, his clubs in uh, in English football. And he's a he's a very, very good manager. So they wanted experience. They didn't want the inexperience in, in Munoz before he has gone. Ranieri is there. Super interesting. It looks like Joe Jotarov is going to be okay. Just checking the team news oh, okay. this morning. Mm-hmm. Trent Alexander-Arnold apparently is looking good as well. Yeah. Um, Allison's got an issue, I think, we'll... Uh, with arriving late back, but also, also, yeah, also an injury issue as well. So fascinating game as they all are. It seems to be now in the Premier League. Watford, no, no question will have a boost. Liverpool have to be ready, but to be fair to Liverpool and and Jurgen Klopp, they have been ready, mate. And and they look, they look so good at the moment. Um, I still think they'll go there and win the momentum's with them. Jurgen Klopp will be, make sure he's, he's make sure his team are at it. They're full of enthusiasm. They're full of the importance of this. International breaks are difficult. And every mm-hmm. game that we're going to look at now, there's a ton of question marks about players. When they've travelled, when have they been back? Have they got knocks? It's always difficult for us to try and predict starting lineups, etc. over the weekend. But yeah. great game of football. But I still, you've got to think Liverpool, the way they're going, should be okay to, to win it. Yeah, you would, but again, let's uh, not like Watford off, as you say, Ranieri back in, in English football and does know how to uh, cause an upset, as we've seen during his Leicester City days. A couple of, couple of others, Leicester City uh, hosting Manchester United, Saturday 10am Eastern time on USA. That, that'll be an interesting one. It's a Leicester team I haven't quite got going this year. Uh, a Manchester United team that can't afford too many more off days, Rob, with, with Ollie's team and we're hearing that uh, Rafael Varane's going to be missing. Obviously, Harry Maguire's out. So, two centre-back spots. They're probably 
first choice centre back pairing not available. A little bit of a worry for Manchester mm. United, especially being away from home where they can be a bit sloppy and concede the odd goal. I, I just think, Rob, um, there, there's the wiggle room for Oligan and Solskjaer is kind of running out a little bit. Um, unfortunate Nations League for, for Varane. He's out with a groin problem. Maguire is likely to be out as well. It's Achilles' heel anyway for Man United, Rob. I think we know that they got a ton of flair going forward, but the balance, the team defending part has not been good enough. They've looked vulnerable uh, in too many games. Too many games have been like drama-filled, as we've talked about on this podcast many, many times. Yeah, it's, it's like, listen... Uh, Scholzhaus gotta gotta find some consistency, Rob. The, 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 the team was upgraded. There's some star players. Inconsistent Man United this year is not going to get it done for for Oligan and Solskjaer. A ton of stuff over the last couple of weeks written about him again. Um, so it's a big game. It's it's a big big game against the Leicester side that again have looked. I watched quite a few of their games, Rob. It, I know the results haven't been right, but there's been pockets in games they've looked really good. It's just bringing it all together, missing a couple of players yeah. defensively as well. So yeah. Um, tough game for Man United and it could be a one that Leicester really get their season back on track. All he does know he can go to his favourite old son, Phil Jones, could be ready for a return to Manchester. Well, Phil Jones, Rob, the big article, Phil wasn't it? Jones. Yeah. yeah, he's had a nightmare injury and there was a really nice article. Was it The Athletic, Rob, did a big interview with him? Yeah, Athletic. And it was a really about, mm. about so much about his time at Man United and, and, and basically kind of unloading stuff that's probably been in his yeah. mind for oh. so long now, the criticism he gets of always being injured. He had some really, really, really bad injury oh, issues. Yeah, but it, it, it seems like he's kind of getting through it. So maybe, mm. maybe the return of Phil Jones is not far away. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, Man City face Burnley uh, at home. That's a game City usually get done. I think they scored four or five goals against Burnley last three or four times they've played. So you'd expect City to get through that one, a Burnley team that's... Um, before before you move on... Before you move on, my friend, just, again, digging around the news this morning. Oh, yeah. Um, first of all, Veren Torres is going to be, it looks like he's going to be out with a broken foot broken or foot. a bone in his foot. Yeah. Yeah. And also, yeah. I just read I read some quotes from Raheem Sterling. Mm. He uh, has basically said he would be open to move to get more football. That is, he, he wants to play football. He wants to get minutes. He's not getting it right now. He said that he, he doesn't make a, make a big deal out of it, a big thing out of it. But he has said he's open to a move to play more. Now, this is probably going to get a bigger news story as we go forward. What do you think, Rob? Do you, is that disappointing to hear? Should he be willing to roll his sleeves up and fight Jack Grealish or <laughs> Phil Foden for a spot? Or, or is, he, is he jumping out of there too don't, soon? A player that we both love, by the way. Know, yeah, don't quite know what's going on. It feels to me like that relationship between him and Pep is not quite the same. It feels a bit Leroy Sané to me. Similar mm. thing, like maybe... Mm. Fell out of favour. Don't quite appreciate each other. Yeah, fell out of favour. Here, here's my first shout then, Robbie Musto. Oh, I, I, can see, I can see it Rodding coming. Sterling to Newcastle. Rodding Sterling <laughs> to Newcastle. And the famous black and white. How about that one? It's uh, a great yeah, shout, listen. mate. Yeah, uh, he can ill afford, you know, with Torres out, looks like could be for, for maybe up to a month with, with this broken foot. If he, plans out and, and, you know, his fitness and getting fit in Champions League. I'm not sure that Pep's going to want uh, Sterling to go. So, yeah, keep an eye on that one. But it, it doesn't seem like everything's um, hunky-dory between the two. Uh, so, Raheem Sterling. 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Game I'm really looking forward to this weekend is the 12.30 p.m. Eastern time on Big NBC. Brentford v. Chelsea, my friend. Ooh. I just got a real good feel about it. West London derby in that community stadium. We've seen Brentford take on Arsenal and, and give them a bloody nose. And if Chelsea don't go there with a... Right attitude, right focus, tension on the job. Brentford will give them a bloody nose too. Million percent they will. Million percent they will. Injury issues, defensively, Robbio, Thiago Silva is likely to be out. Uh, Antonio Rudiger, back pain, a back problem might be out as well. Now, we all know about Mbomo uh, Mm. and Ivan Tony up front for them and how they combine and how they can be direct and how they can play as well. It's it's the must-watch game. I know there's, you know... Maybe bigger, bigger kind of name games out there. This is the one I make sure I'm going to watch and will it, be excited to watch it because Brentford have been like the, they've been like the Leeds United where they've surprised mm. with their style, with their approach, with their attacking philosophy, the energy at that stadium that holds under fourteen thousand, but seems like it's forty thousand. Yeah. Uh, and and two call, yeah. yeah, just a few little questionable results recently. Um, we'll have to make sure. And to be fair. I think they probably will be ready for it because he's that sort of yeah. manager to, to focus yeah. the player's mind on this sort of game. But uh, what a game. What a great game that's yeah. going to be as well. There's, a, there's even talk at uh, Johan Wieser, who scored the late goal against Liverpool, the winner last time out against West Ham. Him starting as well and going with a, th- a front three and slightly changing the shape yeah. in the middle of the park. So that'll be interesting to watch. And, and oh, there's also, a real, there's a real oh, sorry, contrast, mate. Rob, between the two centre-forwards. Big Ivan Tony at one end and big Romelu Lukaku at the other. Now Lukaku's mm. different stages career, different quality of player come through the ranks. But Ivan Tony, in his own way, is a problem setter yeah. for Chelsea. Mm. With his size, with his power, with the way he plays. I've done a little bit of work on him for, for this weekend. And he's he's an outlier, Rob, to, to the natural centre-forward. He's very different to most other centre-forwards in the league. Mm. Yeah, it will be a fascinating comparison. If Romelu Lukaku is fit, there was this big kind of talk over the last week about over the international break about muscle fatigue. And apparently he's, yeah. he's flashing up muscle fatigue, Lukaku, uh, away on international duty. And, you know, uh, I think that, you know, like we don't know how long it's going to last or whatever. So he's a question mark for the game, Rob. He's a question mark. I hope that the rest or whatever is going to be okay because we'd love to see that, that comparison with those Brentford yeah. forwards. Uh, Tony and, and Lukaku. And Lukaku's been, of course, so really, really good for Chelsea so far. I just think, and it's funny, this weekend I've been talking with a few Chelsea fans, Rob, and I'm like, they're like, are they going to they win the league this year? And I'm like, you know what? I tipped them at the start of Chelsea to win it. Lukaku's been great, but somebody's got to score. Somebody else has got to score goals. And at the moment, I think we talked about it on our last show, who's, yeah. who's the supporting crew that's going to score 10, 12, 15 goals? Yeah. Because we haven't seen it yet. And all those guys have been a little disappointing so far. Maybe getting used to playing with Lukaku, your Havertz and your Werners and your Mounts and your ZX and your Pulisic when he's back fit again. There's a ton of talent there, but one or two have got to step up to be to be critical players in the attacking sense for Chelsea and not just rely on Lukaku to get all the goals in all the games. So that is mm-hmm. going to be the concern for this team, in my opinion, in terms of 
you know, being consistently great, winning games, scoring goals week in, week out. That, that's a bit of a concern yeah. for me. Good news for Chelsea fans. Timmy Werner did get a couple of goals midweek for, uh, for Germany, so that might give him a bit of confidence and get him scoring. He did score last time out against Southampton as well. Mm-hmm. David Moyes' derby takes place at Everton. Everton versus <laughs> West Ham. David Moyes going back to Goodison Park. That's another good game, to be fair. Two teams playing good football. Um, have got a really decent start to the season. West Ham uh, got beat to that last-minute Brentford goal uh, last time out. So, an Everton team, 1-1 with Manchester United. Andros Townsend in the form of his life. Damari Gray proving to be some of the best business we've seen. $2 million, I think, he eat from um, German football. So, that's a good one. 7 a.m. Eastern Town on NBCSN. And then we get a London derby. Arsenal face Palace on Monday. I suppose that's the Patrick Vieira derby, isn't it? With Patrick yeah. taking a team uh, back to um, back to face Arsenal. Um, mm. Tricky one this for, for Arsenal because Palace have not been in, in decent shape. Yeah, and I think it's always interesting when, when a, a club legend like mm. Vieira, I mean, proper, proper. We both, we both Rob, had the... I don't know the job of of marking in the in the, <laughs> in the middle of midfield. We've both mm. gone like toe to toe in so many ways, and he's so good. He was so talented. It's such a difficult job for for me. I remember playing against him in a in an FA Cup semi final at Old Trafford. I think they beat us with a an own goal from one of our defenders, Gianluca Festa. It was, but what a good game it was, and I really enjoyed that day against Vieira. Um, you know, on a big occasion. You know, sometimes you play against the big boys, Arsenal, Chelsea, United and stuff, and they, and they and they underestimate a Middlesbrough or Wimbledon. But this was an FA Cup semi-final, Rob. So we were getting, we were getting flat out Arsenal. We were getting, we were getting flat out Patrick Vieira. And it, it, it's a, it, it, he's just different level with his size, ability. Yeah. So he's going to get an incredible reception, of course, yeah. from, the, from these Arsenal fans. Um, and it's just, it, again, I mean, I know we're flipping Uber into it, mate. And I know, I know we get we drink the Kool Aid. But another game is, is so exciting to watch, mm-hmm. and, and potentially mm-hmm. could be you know this new Arsenal side, these young players starting to look pretty good, and the, and yeah. Arteta starting to get some momentum with the fans behind mm-hmm. them. Uh, yeah, potential banana skin because Palace play a little bit now, and they've got some some really good players, of course, yeah. in the attacking third. But uh, yeah, an, another really really good game. It's really interesting as well. We're getting to an era where, you know, you think of Mikel Arteta in charge of Arsenal and Patrick Vieira in charge of Palace. You know, these, mm. you know, being great Premier League players, making that next step, you know, to get to the to the club level, to the pet level, to the Tuchel level, you know, mm. who's our next one? Stevie G is doing a great job up at, up at Rangers. Frank mm. had a go at Chelsea. Didn't quite mm. work out. Yeah, it'll come, come again. Come yeah. again. John Terry's mm. looking for his entry, and you know these young managers now have got a chance. You know, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, you almost forget about him in charge of one of the big, you know, the biggest club in, in England at the mm. moment. Mm. Just you mm. know, who, which one's going to come ahead and, and and become you know a mm. real big top manager who having been a, a top player? I think that's. A, you know, I just think it's a really interesting transition and and and, and, and sort of situation where. I sh- it's very different skills being that great player, Patrick Vieira, the midfield player, and Patrick Vieira who's standing in front of 20 professionals at half-time when you're losing 2-0, and you've got to inspire them mm. to get back into the game. It is a fascinating one, Robert. And, and like, who... I mean, Vieira's had, had a couple of stints as manager. Okay. Mm. Did okay in MLS. Did okay in French football. Nothing. Yeah. I, I think everybody expected more, to be fair, Rob. Mm. Probably expected yeah. more. 
And as Crystal Palace job is, this is kind of his probably his one. This is this is his opportunity now to prove sure, to everybody yeah. that he, he yeah. can be a, a a a potential top Premier League manager. But he's got to do it. Got to do it now mm-hmm. at Crystal Palace. Uh, new players, young squad. Yes, it's a good shout, Rob. Which one of these two former players is is going to have the ability to to get to a higher level? I mean, of course, Arteta is at that right now of being at Arsenal. But is he going to stay there? Is he going to be the guy to build this thing and to get them back towards the top? In a league, my friend, of course, now with Newcastle United's money, <laughs> it's going to be harder and harder and harder and harder yeah. and harder to finish in that top four. The whole top... I mean, it, I, I don't want to go back to it, but the whole... Even the top four qualifying for Champions League, sure. Rob, is the, the financial benefits that come from that. Yeah. That's going to be really, really hard for a team like Arsenal. that gets 62,000, 60,000 people every week. It's... It, it really is a game change in Newcastle's ownership. And, and uh, again, we'll talk about this probably every week and be fascinating to see how over a period of time it affects the Arsenals and, and some of the other bigger clubs that, that want to get in the top four. But it's going to be really, really, really hard as the, as the seasons go on. Just before we wrap up, mate, because we, we, we've kind of um, dug into this one a little deeper than maybe we, we intended. Just a little bit of the fallout from the international break. You know, we, we, we've had this this window. We've got one more window coming up in um, in November. Now that's slightly different in terms of maybe some of the South American qualifiers. But just in terms of players who could be missing this weekend, who have, have, have been playing, certainly the Conorball players in South American, it's unlikely that, you know, some are playing even Thursday night, early hours of Friday month, trying to get back. And play for you know if you think of Liverpool, it's, it's an early twelve thirty kickoff on, on a Saturday. You could be on a plane sometime during the, the, the early hours of the morning trying to get there. Mm. Just feel how it, 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 it can affect and disrupt at both ends of the table. I'm talking of your Liverpool at, at one end, or if you're Newcastle or a, 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 team, a Norwich down at the bottom, and players going away, whether it's injuries through the European uh, fixtures, their travel hasn't been so bad, or the travel situation with, with a lot of the South American players yeah. just feel yeah. like it, it's put clubs in in an in a awkward bad position we, we've seen some key players we've mentioned them Rob who not going to be available for the next two or three weeks yeah and uh, particularly for the South Americans the travel that they have to manage and, the, and the, the World Cup qualifying for South America is brilliant by the way I used to work on it um, before and, and some of these games and, and the home and away nature of that is difficult Rob I, I just think it's the COVID fallout is still there and international teams have to qualify for the international tournaments mm-hmm. and the, the, and the way it's been squeezed from last season to this season, it's just the way it is. And I think you're absolutely right. It could affect teams both ends of the table, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? International tournaments have to, you have to qualify for them. The games have to be played. They're trying to squeeze as many games in a, in the international uh, week as they can, which hasn't always been the case. Two, three, three games are getting played in these breaks. Yeah. I just, I don't feel strongly that it's wrong, Rob, because it's still the COVID fallout and, you know, clubs have got to find a way, you know, it, it's the same for all of them. I know some get affected a little worse than others, but it, it, you know, what are they going to do, Rob, anything different to try and get these games played? They've got to, they've got to do it. It's, it's not, nothing's ideal, but you know, Arsene Wenger's got his ideas about how we're going to change the calendar going forward. Okay. Yeah. But here and now, Teams have got to qualify for Qatar, the World Cup, and that's kind of important, and the games have got to be played. Yeah, it's true, but I just think the amount of games they're playing, the, the intensity, the travel, it, it, you know, we're yeah. going to get more injuries. There's a bigger strain on these players, especially the big players. You're talking about those big stars. You know, we want more games like we saw Liverpool, Man City, 
right. just before the birth. That's that's the standard. That's and that's when people can be full on. They're not holding back. You know that they, they they can go full out and know physic physiological physiologically and mentally in a good place. Mm. Yeah, it's just. Uh, we'll see this weekend, Rob. I, I sometimes think there's a little bit of overreaction of those who might not be available and, and, not, and players often play. But the squads are bigger now, and they got they got to find a way, mate. We can't always have a you know the Liverpool City game was it was I mean it makes, brings a smile to my face even thinking about that yeah. the, the game yeah. that we watched there and some of the action, some of the goals and stuff. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. We're going to get it again in November. I think there's a, an international break that's been jammed in in January, Rob. There's another window that doesn't normally happen. Yeah. A FIFA break in January to get more of these games in. That's how behind they are. Um, it is what it is. And the clubs have got to find a way to to win games without them, maybe. Well, the good thing is, mate, we focus back on Premier League this weekend. Uh, it's been a huge week for Premier League football with the acquisition of Newcastle. Change of management at Watford that kind has gone under the radar. Big stories in the biggest league in the world. We'll be back on Sunday, October the 17th. We'll have our buddy Tim Howard sitting in the musty seat. Mr. Musto's having a weekend off. Uh, Tim and I look back on match week eight. See how, how everybody's recovered from our international break. Who's playing, who isn't, who was available for selection. And don't forget, we've got an LA Fan Fest coming up. That's on October 23rd and 24th, where Musty, myself, Tim and Lady Lowe will be around. Come down and see us if you can. Register for the fan fest at nbcsports.com backslash Premier League mornings live so that's fan fest at nbcsports.com backslash Premier League mornings live well for now I'm Earl he's Musty together with the two Robbie thanks for watching and listening be safe stay healthy it's a good night from me and it's good night from him good night good night Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.